Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to a very special and a very playfully offered episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and today I am doing something that I've never done before, and depending on how all of you receive this out there, I may or may not ever do it again. But today's episode is titled, Roy's Rants. What drives this relationship coach absolutely insane. That's right. This episode, I am going to rant about things that drive me insane when it comes to men, women, relationships, and everything in between. I am just going to let loose. Now, I haven't done this before because I didn't feel like I have built up a little street cred with my audience. But I feel like since this is about what, the 136th episode, that by now you know who I am, you know a little bit about my sense of humor, you know what I stand for. And so now I'm able to um, show you another layer to Roy. And, and so in this episode, I am just gonna let loose about the things that drive me insane. And so as I was thinking about this, I, I, I was trying to think of how could I set the stage? How could I really let the audience know what this episode is all about? And of course, what came to mind is an episode from Seinfeld. Welcome, newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins... With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. That's right. You are going to hear about it. I have got a lot of problems with a lot of people. <laughs> and there's going to be some airing of grievances today. As a matter of fact, I am going to have some rants about some general issues and things that happen in relationships. Then I'm going to get more particular. I'm going to go after the men and then I'm going to go after the women. And then I'm going to go after some dating coaches and I'm going to go after Hollywood and I'm going to go after a couple of podcasts. I am going to go after perhaps some of my clients. I'm going to go after even myself. At some point in this podcast, I am going to rant about me and the things that I have grievances toward myself. Okay. And then maybe at the end, I'm, if I missed anybody, I'm going to have some general things to make sure that I don't miss anyone who might be listening to, to this podcast. All right. So I hope you can hear in the tone of my voice that I am going to be sharing things that they really do drive me insane, but I'm not taking myself in these issues all that seriously. 
but I am going to offer some of you my perspectives. I am going to speak in some very direct, uh, very hardcore language here uh, about some of the issues that I think are sabotaging our ability to create healthy, sustainable relationships. Now, before I jump into that, while I've got your attention, because who knows if you make it through the end of this podcast, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to promo the next series I'm going to do, because this is a one-off, right? This is a, a one-time podcast about Roy's rants. I don't have that many things that piss me off to do a multiple-part series, okay? But next week, I'm going to start a series, it's either going to be three, maybe four parts, probably three. And the title is going to be something like Relationship Basic Training. Okay? We have done a number of podcasts in a row that I think have been applying to general issues about living consciously, about about life, about, about who we are. And I... I really haven't talked that specifically about the issue of attracting lasting love in the most recent podcasts. So I'm going to do a three-part series really getting at the basics that we need to focus on if we want to attract a healthy, sustainable relationship. So we're getting back to basics. And what I'm going to do in this series is I am going to try to distill, you know, all the information that I've presented. And, and if you're interested in relationship dynamics, you know that there are so many different philosophies and perspectives and voices, you know, in this area that you can become very overwhelmed. Like, what should I focus on? What should I work on? What's important? What's not? So what I'm going to do in this series is I'm going to give you my view on the fundamentals that you need to be looking at if you want to attract a life partner and create a healthy relationship. So I'm going to weed through all the information that I've presented and all the information that's out there, and I'm going to give you the basics. You know, Here are the basic things that you need to be paying attention to if you're on this path of wanting to attract lasting love. And I'm going to break it down into a couple of different phases. So I'm going to talk about what are the basics that you need to focus on in getting yourself ready, you know, to be in a healthy relationship. Like, what do you need to work on within yourself before you meet anyone, before you connect with anyone? What are some things you need to be thinking about concerning yourself? And then I'm going to spend a week talking about what are the basics in meeting someone, you know, how do I meet someone? You know, how do I connect? The chemistry phase, I guess you could say. I, I'm going to give you what are the basics about that initial effort to connect with someone? And then part three is going to be, okay, now what are the basics once I've met someone and we have some chemistry and we're starting to see each other, you know, maybe our second date, third date, fourth date, you know, what are the basics of the building of a relationship? Okay. So it's going to be 
really getting back to the basics. That's why I'm calling it basic training. Okay. So that's coming up right after this episode. And I hope you will be a part of that. I think it's going to be very helpful um, for everybody. Now, let's go. It's time for Roy's rants. And I'm going to start with some general things. And let me start with the lowest hanging fruit. I have talked about it before, but I'm going to rip on it again. And that is this whole idea of ghosting. Okay? And right away, I just want to say, don't be listening to this and be going, yeah, Roy, preach it, brother. Tell everybody else not to ghost. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you because I'm betting that you have ghosted someone. I am betting that you have promised someone that you'd get back to them or you'd follow up with them or that you would see them again and you disappeared. I don't care if you made a promise to your best friend that you would do something and you didn't. I don't care if you made a promise to go to the dentist and you no-showed and you didn't call. There isn't anyone within the sound of my voice that hasn't ghosted. So when I say ghosted, I mean more than I met somebody, we went on a date, we agreed to see each other again, and then I never heard from them again. But I am talking about that. But I just I just want to speak it and I just want to pound this nail as hard as I can. We have got to be better human beings in this. We have got to be more courageous than to simply disappear or no-show or break an agreement and not say anything to someone. We have got to have more integrity than this. But now I want to be a bit more specific in the relationship realm. And here's the only thing that I really want to say. I think most people, when they ghost, they're doing it because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings They don't really know what to say. They don't want that uncomfortable experience of saying, hey, listen, I just don't think we're a good fit. And so it's just easier to not answer the text, to not send a text, to just disappear. Okay? But I don't think many people really know. They they think... What, what is that phrase when you commit a crime and, and it's a, like, what is it, like a victimless crime, right? Sometimes you watch a movie and it will talk, it'll, it'll share the privacy aspect. You can't reproduce this or copy this movie. It's not a victimless crime, right? I think a lot of people feel like ghosting is a victimless crime. All right, I'm doing something that's really not right, but you know, it's not hurting anybody. Yes, it is. Oh, it really is. Because when we ghost, it really does leave a mark on the person we disappeared on. They're like, what happened? What's going on? What did I do? What's wrong? What, what, right? And it creates trust issues in people. It, it can cause them to be more closed and guarded and suspicious to the next person. Because they've been ghosted by this person. They've been ghosted in this situation. And they can get hardened. They can get cynical. They can 
it, it can be very difficult to be open and available and playful and vulnerable when that's happened. And so when you ghost someone, you're hurting them and you're making it more difficult for the next person to connect with them because they are not going to be as open and available as they were before you did your cowardly act of disappearing. Okay? That's all I'm going to say on that. It's like cut out the ghosting crap that goes on. It, it's inhumane. It's cowardly. It's time we grow up and just be honest and be straight and have respect for people. Don't ghost. Don't break your agreements. Don't just no-show. Call someone. Tell them you've changed your mind. Tell them what's going on. Don't leave people in the dark. Okay? All right. That's the first general rant. The second one is all these lists that I, I hear people that I'm making and are still making. I've got a list of qualities I want in a partner. And you know what? It's got a lot on it because I have high standards and I'm very picky and I'm a great catch. See, see, I'm a great catch. So I've got to have a list of qualities that a person has got to meet if they're going to be a partner of mine. Okay. And or the vision board thing. Right, I have all these things on a vision board. I've cut them out of magazines. I've printed off things I've seen online and I've taped them to this board and, and I'm putting it up there to manifest and to help call in the one. Okay, that's a phrase. Someone written a book like that, calling in the one. Okay, God, this drives me absolutely insane because it's not necessarily the list that is a problem. It's the state of consciousness that makes you have one in the first place. So forget the list. It's about why do I even have one? What's going on in me that makes me feel like I have to write down or put on a vision board to visualize the things that I want? So let me let me help you peek behind the curtain of why you're writing a list. There's two reasons. The first is you have never let go of the past. Okay, now you might be confused by that. But I'm here to tell you that everything on your list is something you have experienced in the past and you're like, okay, I never want that again. And so that's going on my list. Now you might say, I want someone who is honest and transparent and stuff like that. Okay, so it sounds positive, but that's only because you were lied to and you were deceived and you've never let go of that. You've never gotten beyond that. So now you're obsessing about being lied to, deceived, you know, manipulated. And so you've got this list and it sounds so righteous and sounds so wonderful that you want to, find a partner who's, you know, honest and authentic and all that nonsense. But if you look closely, it's because you have not let go of your past and it's your past that is writing your list. It's your baggage. It's your garbage. It's your as 
Eckhart Tolle would say, it's your pain body that's writing your list. As Michael Singer would say, it's your samskaras. It's all the emotional wounds of the past that you've never let go of, that you're holding on to, that are still living in you. They're still alive in you, and they're showing up on your list. So your whole list is in this, is coming from the state of consciousness of fear. It's coming from a state of consciousness of blame. It's coming from a state of consciousness that says the key to me being in a great relationship. Now, listen to this now. The key to me being in a really good relationship is the other person. I got to find the right person because that's why my love life hasn't been good. It's them. You see, so you write a list about who they need to be, the qualities they can and can't have, the issues they can and can't have. Because in your mind, the real problem that I am not in this blissful, amazing, intimate relationship is I just haven't found the right person yet. And so I need to find this right person. So therefore, I need to have a list. And I'm here to tell you, when you are in that state of mind, when you think your love life sucks because of them, you're fucked. Because it ain't them. It's you. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are with. I don't care what they did. I don't care how awful they were, and I'm sure they were. It's you. Meaning, it's you that attracted them in the first place. It's you that decided to be with them. It's you that overlooked things. It's you that made the choice to be with them. Don't blame them. They have been and always were who they were, who they are. You hooked up with them. So the issue is always you. The focus is always, it's about me. It's not about do I find Mr. or Ms. Right. It's am I Mr. or Ms. Right. So if you have a list, (laughs) maybe your list should be here are the qualities that I need to develop in me. Here are the things that I need to be, the characteristics that I need to embody. Do you see there's a huge difference between making a list of the things that you need to be to be a better partner, to be able to be close, to be able to be intimate, to be able to be supportive and available and committed. See, it's about you. You you should make a list about yourself and drop the stupid list about them because it's just your pain and your past that is making the list And it's also coming from this mentality that, well, the real problem is I just haven't found the right person yet. And it's just never true. And I say never in all caps. It's just never true that my love life has sucked because of that person or because of men or women or whatever it might be. Okay? So I'll stop the rant right there on the list. And now I want to jump into a general rant about profiles. Okay. Now I'll admit to you, I haven't looked at too many online profiles because I've been married for what, 16 years. 
But I do see a lot of my clients' profiles, and I do see a lot of things online. I see a lot of discussions, okay? And so I'm pretty sure that I've got a pretty good idea about the profiles. And here's the rant. All of these profiles are exercises in narcissism. Meaning, most people's profiles just tell the world, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is the kind of person that I want to be with. These are the qualities that my partner should have. These are the things that I want and I like and and maybe there's some here are some qualities that I have. Okay? So my rant about the profiles is that they are written from a state of consciousness that's all about what you want and what you want to get in a relationship. They're a self-absorbed, narcissistic tirade on what I want for myself and what I want to get. Do you, do you follow that? It's all about me and what I want rather than think of this now. Think of how radical. I mean, just think of this. Rather than I'm interested in what I have to give. No, it's it's what I want to get. And I'm suggesting that's setting you up for trouble. Because first of all, you're going to attract someone who's also in the mentality that I'm in this relationship to get stuff, to get my needs met, to, to get what I want, to get a man or a woman to be the way I need them to be so that I can feel secure, so that I can feel a sense of approval, so that I can feel like I'm in control, so that I can feel like I'm connected or I still have my freedom. These profiles are all about what I want to get, but hardly any of them are written from a mentality of saying, this is what I want to give. This is who I am, and this is how I want to love someone. This is how I want to be for someone. This is what I have to offer someone. This is why you should want to choose me, because I can make your life better in these ways. Here are my gifts. Here are my offerings. Here is the way I want to love. Does anybody want to be loved like this? If you do, maybe you should contact me. Right? So that, that profile is not telling the world, this is what I want. This is the, you know, if you don't love dogs, you just better just go away. And, you know, it's, it's this narcissistic, self-absorbed, this is what I want. These are my emotional needs. And these are my boxes. And you better check all of them or don't even contact me. Versus answering the question, why would someone want to change their entire life to be with me? Why in God's green earth would someone have to want to willingly, celebratorily, 
want to reorganize their entire life and put you right in the middle of it. Because that is what's happening when you're in a relationship, right? I mean, you meet someone, you start changing your schedule. You start changing how you spend your time and how you spend your money. And really, because you love this person, you're into this person. And so you you already have a busy life, right? So if you already have a busy life and then you meet someone who's awesome, you can't make more hours in the day, can you? Right? So something has to go. Something has to get reorganized. And you do that willingly because this person's so freaking awesome. They're so great. I would gladly rearrange the way I'm living my life right now. From everything from my living space to the way I spend my time, my energy, my money. Oh, absolutely. I would reorganize my life to put this person right in the middle of it. That is what we do when we find someone great. I'm not saying you don't have boundaries. I'm not saying that you give up all your hobbies and interests to be with. I'm not saying all that codependent crap. I'm just stating the obvious. You've got a busy schedule. Right now, you have a full life. And then you meet someone. Where do they fit? Right? they got to fit somewhere. So something has to go, be moved around. I'm saying, why would someone do that for you? Can you articulate why a person would want to do that? And then can you write a profile advertising yourself, basically? (laughs) Here is why you should want to be with me. Because this is how I love. This is my sense of humor. These are the gifts I have. This is what it's like to be with me. This is the experience that you would have being with me. Do you see how opposite of a profile that is? From uh, Here's what you got to be in order to be with me, and this is what I want, to this is what I want to give someone. Who out there in online profile land would like to be loved in the ways that I just described? Okay? So... Think about that with your profile. Maybe maybe go online and read your own profile and see if I'm not exactly right. That you're just describing what it is you want and what you want to get. Because I'm just here to tell you, when you get it, you're not going to be in love. Because love has no get in it. You're going to be in get, not in love. I'm in get with someone. Really? What does that mean? Well, We're both codependent. I'm with them because I'm getting what I want. And they're with me because they're getting what they want. And you better balance that. You better make sure that nobody slips up. If you're in a relationship where you think the purpose is to meet each other's emotional needs, you are walking a tightrope. Because if you all of a sudden don't meet those needs... Or God forbid, quote, you get selfish and you're not there for them, all hell's gonna break loose. And when you're in this get relationship, you gotta keep score. Well, I mean, I, I, I did this for you. Now you gotta do that for me. Otherwise, it gets imbalanced here. This isn't fair. I'm giving more than you're giving, I'm not getting as much as you're getting. So you have power struggles. 
Hey, listen, buddy, you're not getting laid because I didn't get you to listen to me this week or vice versa. You follow me? It's drama. It's a nightmare when you are in get. But when you're in love, love does not seek its own. Even the Bible says that. There is no self in love. Love is not selfish. Love does not seek its own. Love is about giving. So if you want to be in a codependent get relationship, okay, go for it. But you're going to be miserable and it's not going to be sustainable. But if you want to be in love, then maybe something has to change right here, right now with your profile. And you need to start thinking about what do I want to give someone and drop all of these things that you think you need to get. You just don't. Anything that you think you need to get from a partner, you can give yourself. In fact, it is your responsibility to meet your own emotional needs. It's not someone else. Otherwise, your partner becomes your therapist. Your partner becomes, you know, like your psychologist. Your partner becomes your mommy or your daddy to heal your childhood wounds. And I'm telling you, it, I mean, it just doesn't work. Okay? The other thing about profiles is can we get current pictures for God's sakes? I mean, really. What's the deal with the pictures that are years old? Right? And can we stop lying about our age? Okay? I mean, don't, don't, don't give me, well, Roy, you know, I want to meet someone in a specific age range. And if I put my real age down, then the algorithms don't connect me. They connect me with people that are are in my age range, and I want to be with someone who's younger or older than I am. I'll drop all that nonsense, right? No. The reason you're lying about your age is because you're ashamed of yourself. The reason your pictures are not current is because you're ashamed of yourself. I mean, really. If you love who you are, if you believe you're a good catch, if you think that you're a worthy person, well, then I'm going to put a picture of what I look like right now. And I'm going to tell you how old I am. And I'm going to trust, because I can write in my profile, I might be 63, but I'm looking for a woman in her 50s. All right, if you want to say that, you can say that. But you can, you can write that. You don't have to lie about your age and say you're 53 instead of 63 and hope that when they find out, they forgive you. Why would they forgive you? Not only have you started the relationship on a lie, but it says something about how you feel about you. Listen, I'm just going to say this straight up. I'm 63, and I don't care how old a woman is. She should die to be with me because I'm a fucking good guy. You know, see, so I, it's not about how old I am. It's about the quality of man that I am. And if a woman's 30, and she doesn't want to be with me, that's because she doesn't have eyes to see. If a woman's 90 and she doesn't want to be with me, it's because she doesn't have eyes to see. But I am not about to change my age to get some woman to like me or to be responsive to me. No, I have way too much confidence to do that shit. And so should you. Don't tell me you're shy. Don't tell me you lack self-confidence. Put up real current pictures and quit lying about your age and stand on your own two feet. 
and trust that the universe will take care of the rest. Does that make sense? Ooh, I bet I pissed off some people with that one. Hmm. Okay. A um, couple more little rants in general here. I want to rant about this masculine feminine misunderstanding. Okay. And maybe I've, I'm responsible for it in the way I've communicated about masculine feminine dynamics. But I swear to God, if I hear another man or woman tell me that I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z or say this or, you know, engage in this way because, well, because that wouldn't be the feminine thing to do or that would take me out of the masculine. I'm like, listen, there are masculine and feminine energies, but most of the time when people are saying, well, if I say that or I do that, does that make me... Does that put me in the masculine? Am I taking charge? Am I, am I doing the man's role? Usually, it's got nothing to do with masculine feminine issues. It's got everything to do with simply being authentic. So all the time I hear women tell me, oh, I can't really tell him how I feel because that would be masculine. I can't, I can't tell him that I want to see him again because, oh, that would be me taking control of things. I'm like, fuck, no, it's not. That's got nothing to do with masculine or feminine. It's got to do with whether or not you want to be honest. Do you want to see him again? Yes, I do. Well, then tell him. Do you want this? Do you like this? Do you want to go to this place? Do you want to go here? Does something bother you? Say it. It's an authenticity issue. It's not a masculine feminine issue. Quit it with all that. Quit wondering, should I be honest with what I feel, what I want, who I am, what I'm interested in, because I'm afraid that it's not what the feminine or masculine should do. If you want it, if you're interested in it, if you like it, it's just your truth. The primary commitment in a relationship is not to be masculine or feminine. It's to just be fucking real. Just be honest. Okay? Now, what's masculine is if a person says, I want to go on a date with you this weekend. There's a new restaurant. I'm going to make a reservation. I'm going to pick you up at seven. This is how you should dress because this is where we're going and this is what we're going to do. That's masculine. Okay? But flirting with someone and saying that you're interested and saying that I'd love to go on a date with you sometime, that's not masculine. That's just saying how you feel. Do you see the difference? Now, there are some women that that are really more aligned with the masculine energy and they will want to make a plan and pursue and tell a guy, I want to go out with you. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to meet you here and we're going to go to this place. And you make that kind of plan. That's a woman being in her masculine and she's going to attract. If a man responds to that, he's going to be in his feminine because he's responding to the masculine initiative of a plan and offering. Okay. But simply saying that you're interested or sharing what you want or how you're feeling, that is not masculine or feminine. That's just 
your authentic feelings. And you're always supposed to say those. Okay? Now, as a corollary, to wrap up this general rant, oh, God, who pays for the date? Jesus. If I, if I hear some guy, if, if I hear another guy say, well, it's, you know, these feminists, you know, it's a different age. And so, you know, I go Dutch on my, on, on my dates. Like, you fucking moron. No, I'm sorry. The man pays for the damn date. Especially if he asked her out and he presented a plan. Okay? I would, I would grant you, if a woman is in her masculine and she asks the guy out and she presents a plan and she says, I'm going to pick you up and she tells him what he should wear because of the type of restaurant. If she's doing that, then she ought to pick up the tab. Okay, but that rarely happens. If it does, that's fine. But for the most part, men are the ones that are asking for a phone number and saying, hey, what are you doing on Friday night? And the masculine is supposed to propose. That's what the masculine does. It gets down on one knee and proposes. And the, the masculine's proposing at every stage of the relationship. I'm proposing that I get your phone number and we go out on Friday night. If you do, you pick up the damn check. Really. Don't, don't even argue. If Guys, if you don't pick up the check, you're not going to get a second date and you shouldn't. Women don't let men get away with this crap. You're meeting for coffee. You're meeting for a drink. He's picking up the damn check because that's just what the masculine does. Now, there is a point in time when the relationship is so developed and you're so committed to one another, you are such a couple that you're both invested. You're not seeing anyone else. You're not involved with anyone else. You are together. Well, then there's a time to share financial responsibility in the relationship. So I'm not saying the man pays for everything forever. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. But in the damn beginning, yeah. So come on, guys. Don't, don't, don't be a puss. You pick up the check. All right. Now, on, onward. Um, I'm going to get on some men here. Okay? I'm going to take the men to the woodshed first. Um, men, we have got to get past our one-dimensional issues with women. We have got to get past, the only thing that matters, man, is she's got to be hot. She's got to have big tits, man. She's got to have big ass and big boobs. And we've got to get past this childish idea that the most important thing we're looking for in a woman is how she looks. Okay? Now, I'm not here to tell you that looks are not important. Of course they are. And they're always going to be. You couldn't stop that even if you tried. In fact, most women want you to like the way they look. I haven't met a woman yet that wants her boyfriend to say, yeah, you're kind of drab and ugly, but you know, you're a nice person. No. She wants you to be attracted to her. Okay? But what happens with us guys it's pretty much, I mean, we might say that we're looking for other things, but we're not. Well, if she's hot, eh, the rest of it, uh, you know, whatever. And that's what I'm getting on is because if there's something I can offer you being 63, so I've been through a lot and I don't know how old you are listening to me, but I can tell you that at 
certain times of your life, how your woman looks isn't going to matter at all. What's going to matter is what kind of woman is she? When people lose their jobs, there's health crisis things, things with our children, the shit hits the fan. Man, it's nice if she's 34, 24, 36, you know, what a winning hand as the Commodore saying, you know, 40 years ago. That's nice. But in the middle of the night, when the phone rings and there's a big problem, man, you're going to want a woman next to you that, that can handle it, that you can rely on that can be there, that can stand up, that can be in the fray with you, right? So we've got to be thinking more holistically, men, when we're looking for a partner. Yeah, 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 you want somebody good looking and probably younger than you, blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, you're going to regret it because you're going to get in a situation in your life and you're going to need a woman who's got something more to offer you than her bra size. Okay? Now, conversely, women, even though I'm not in your category yet, same way. You ladies have got to get over your one-dimensional about how big his wallet is. How much money does he make? Because I'm telling you, you could be with Elon Musk and when in the middle of the night the shit hits the fan, your daughter, your child has been arrested or something major health issue has happened. You know what I'm saying? Your parents are going through something or right. When the shit hits the fan, it don't matter how much money your guys got because money doesn't solve these kinds of problems. It matters what kind of man is laying next to you in that bed. Can you depend on him? Will he collapse under pressure? Is he a man that you can trust, that will be a rock, that will know what to do? Because, like I said, there's a lot of issues that money can't buy you out of this. Because look at how many people have millions and millions of dollars and they're a mess. Because that money can't stop addictions. That money can't stop psychological problems. That money can't buy you out of your trauma, right? So you can have millions of dollars and be an just a moron or a person who is riddled with baggage and insecurity and trauma and the inability to be close. Oh, but he... But you know what? He's got a Maserati, man, and he, he's got, he wears $8,000 suits and... We can get bottle service wherever we want. Okay, see how far that takes you. Now, don't even tell me, ladies, but, oh, no, no, no. Um, a man's money, okay, yeah, okay, I, I admit that that's it, but that's not the most important thing. No, 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 I really do want a man with character. Shut up. Because, <laughs> because I'm telling you, when you're online or when you meet a guy, what are the first types of things you're wanting to know? You're not wanting to know about his character. You're wanting to know, what do you do for a living? Right? You're wanting to see what kind of car he drives. You're wanting to see where he lives. Right? See, because your interest in his bucks is the same as his interest in your boobs. They are both shallow, stage one perspectives. And it's just time that you wise up. 
that it will come back to bite you. It will come back to bite you. Now, I'm not saying you can't find a person who makes a lot of money but is also a great guy. I think I'm in that category. And I'm not saying you can't find a girl who's beautiful and dependable and, you know, a person who's not going to collapse when the shit hits the fan. I'm just saying we put way too much emphasis, men do, on looks and women put way too much emphasis on what's he do for a living, how much money he's got, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And we really discount the things that you are going to find really matter. Okay? So that's the one thing I'm going to say to, to men. The other one is I'm going to get on this, this idea of incel. Do you know what an incel is? It's kind of a shortened abbreviation for a man who's involuntarily celibate. Okay? This is a, a big conversation in the world right now. Um, people like Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, um, these guys are speaking to these angry men out there that are full of resentment because they can't get laid, because they can't get the attention of women, of beautiful women. So they're involuntarily celibate. I mean, they don't want to be celibate, but they can't get any action. And these men, if you listen to them, they whine and they complain about women. They bitch and moan. Women are just wanting men who just want all this money and they got to be over six feet tall and they got to make six figures and I'm just a regular guy who's you know 5'10 and I make 60,000 a year and no woman will give me the time of day. And I so they just whine and they bitch and they complain and they they blame their celibacy on women. That drives me insane. Because you are not celibate. Because you don't have the looks and the money and blah, blah, blah. Because there are millions of men in the world that are in relationships, married or living with someone, that are less than six feet tall and don't make six figures. I think 80, I think it's 83% of men make less than 100,000 a year. 83%. And I think it's only, gosh, it's only about 15% of men are over six feet tall. Okay. And so all these other men are in relationships. So you know what? You incels out there, it's because you're not a very good man. That's why you're single. It's not because women want men who are tall and rich and handsome. No, it's not. It's because you're not a good enough man for them to take you seriously. So if, if you're a guy out there and you have been listening to these idiots online, and I just mentioned their names, and there's a lot more of them, you are involuntarily celibate because you are not a man who's worthy of a woman's devotion. And that you can change. But if you think it's, oh, I got to make a lot of money and be taller, sorry, you can't change that. At least not overnight. You can, I mean, you can change your income. You can't really change your right. But once you recognize, no, it's it's not a it's nothing like that. It's because I am not being a good enough man. And if I am a good enough man, there's a woman like, baby, I want to be with you, because women are looking for good men.
Yes, some of them are shallow, like I just said, and they just want the rich, handsome, tall guy. Fine. Good luck, ladies. There's not many of them in the world, and I'm telling you, they're probably all taken. And the ones who aren't taken are players because they are so rich and so tall and so good-looking. Why would they just want to limit themselves to one woman? So the women that want these guys are shooting themselves in the foot. One, they're not available. Two, if they are, they're players. They don't want to commit to anyone. You follow me? So guys, you're involuntarily celibate because you're not a good enough man, but that's changeable. Okay? Now, let's flip it around. Do you know that there's a reciprocal? Nobody mentions this. And I'm going to invent a word right now. I've never heard it said anywhere. Instead of incel, it's insigs. Insigs. Involuntarily single. That's what women bitch about. They're involuntarily single. I'm single. I don't want to be single. Why? Because I just can't find a good man. Because, see, men want these women that have these Hollywood looks and they want these women that are young and, you know, their boobs still stand up on their chest when they're not wearing a bra, (laughs) whatever it is, (laughs) right? So it's your turn, ladies, for me to rant at you. When you're involuntarily single, it's not because the good ones are taken or gay. It's because you're not a good enough woman. Men are looking to be with women. And if you're not finding a man, it's not because you're not young enough or pretty enough or hot enough or any of that business. It's because you got something going on that's turning men off. So you're not involuntarily single. You're keeping yourself single because you're not a good enough woman. See, before you were cheering with me, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. They're not a good enough man. Now I turn the tables on you. How's it feel? If you think men need to hear that they're not good enough men, that's why women don't want to be with them, then you better be able to receive that when you're single, it's because you aren't a good enough woman. But the, the, the good news in that is that you can't make yourself younger. You can't really make yourself hotter. You can try with cosmetic surgery, but it's probably going to go bad. Okay, Take a look at people who have done cosmetic surgeries for the most part. They regret it. Okay, So you can't make yourself hotter. You can't make yourself younger and all that kind of stuff. Just like a man can't make himself taller and richer. But you can make yourself a better woman, more supportive, more able to engage in healthy ways, less committed to drama, more interested in co-creation than getting what you want, right? You can become a better woman, okay? Now, one last thing to the ladies here. Oh, my God. If I hear another woman talk about men being narcissists, I'm going to lose my mind. This narcissism thing drives me insane for so many reasons. First of all, let's define what narcissism is, okay? Now, narcissism is being self-absorbed. Narcissism is thinking the world revolves around you. Narcissism is being 
selfish, being egocentric. Okay? Now, there is something called a narcissistic personality disorder. That's when it gets to an extreme to where a person is basically a sociopath. Okay? There are very few sociopaths in the world. They usually end up in jail. Okay? So, but there are a ton of narcissists running around. There are. They're everywhere. It's just that they have vaginas too. See, narcissism is not just for people with penises. Because women are just as self-absorbed as men are. In fact, here's what I'll tell you. If you spot it, you got it. If you are pointing out narcissism, you're putting stuff on social media, five ways to spot a narcissist, and you're liking that crap. Oh, I like that. I like that. Five, you know How to know you're with a narcissist. <laughs> the, the, the people that are bothered by narcissists are themselves narcissists. Because you're like, that person is all self-absorbed. It's always about them. And God damn it, I want it to be about me. It's about me. And I'm with that person and they're making it be about them. Right? So you are exactly what you're complaining about. Always. This is shadow. Shadow philosophy. If you spot it, you got it. If something in the world drives you insane, it's because you're guilty of it, which is an awesome thing for my rants here. <laughs> and trust me, I have given thought to how I am guilty of every single thing that I'm ranting about. And I am, or have been, certainly. I'm narcissistic. You kidding me? See, what is narcissism? I mean, what is the ego? The ego is the self-sense. It's the I thought. It's my sense of self. Your sense of self is concerned about itself. <laughs> you have an I thought. You think about yourself, about what you want, about who you are. Even, even if you feel like you hate yourself, you're still being a narcissist. You're still obsessing about I hate myself. Even if you're an empath, you're all proud that you're an empath. So it's still about you. What I'm saying is everyone is a narcissist. Every single person that has a human ego is a narcissist by definition. And it drives people crazy because they've disowned their own narcissism. And they want to be the center of attention. And it pisses them off when somebody beats them to it. So stop with the complaining about, and please stop with men are narcissists. Women are narcissists. Would you stop with that? How about I'm a narcissist and it drives me crazy when I can't get my way and the, when the world doesn't revolve around me. Own that. Own it. Stop with the narcissism stuff. Okay? Now, very quickly, dating coaches. God, it drives me crazy when they make generalizations. Men are this way. Women are this way, you know, or you see these online summits. And by the way, we're going to go past one hour here. Not much, but we're going past, but it's worth it. You see these online summits and I'm a part of them very often. These, you know, 20 relationship experts get together to share their perspectives on something like 
what men are thinking, what men want, how to get a woman to like you, strategies to meet women, what women want. Oh my God, that is so insane. That is so utterly insane to have a discussion about what men are looking for in women. Do you know why? Well, is it what aren't 5 or 10% of men gay? So they don't even want the same gender, much less we're all interested in the same qualities in a woman. It's insane to think all women, you know, are looking for these qualities in men. Some women are gay. Right? So but all these dating coaches, all they do is is they give you these gross generalizations just so that you'll buy their shit. That's what it, really what it's about. But they're banking on the fact that you're not smart enough to think anytime someone says men want this or women want that, if they don't qualify that, <laughs> they're just full of shit. Okay? It's just... It, 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 Right. And, and so let me, let me go ahead and rant on these summits that I'm a part of. And maybe I shouldn't be a part of them when I know from the title it's garbage. Like right now, as this is airing, I believe I'm a part of a summit that's going on right now. In fact, you might have gotten an email about it from me. It's something about how to find Mr. Right. Okay. 20 experts tell you how to find Mr. Right. I mean, like, first of all, that's back to the very beginning of this podcast. That's the problem. Thinking you got to find the right partner instead of looking in the mirror and being the right partner, right? So I see the title of this summit and I scoff at it. I'm like, and I never listen to anyone else's advice because I know it's crap. But I do choose to be a part of it because I do want people to hear my point of view because I want to get my message out into the world. But I am a part of a summit that I disagree with everything from the premise of it to the title of it to almost everything every other coach is going to say in it. Now, you can call me arrogant, but it's just the fact of the matter that most coaches are peddling conventional wisdom and the conscious approach is just completely different. I can guarantee you if I ever put on a summit and I invited 20 experts to come on for me, the summit would never be titled How to Find Mr. or Mrs. Right. It would be How to Be Someone Worthy of Someone Else's Devotion. <laughs> That's what it would be about. <laughs> and I'd have a hard time finding 20 experts that have something to say about that because they have all their generalizations on techniques and tricks and things to say to get people interested in you and, and you know, what, what works to turn women on and what, what works to, you know, make a man, you know, never want to let go of you and all that other godforsaken crap, okay? And then the last thing on dating coaches is most of them are just teaching you how to play the game, right? They're just teaching you what to say, what not to say, you know, on the first date, you can do this, but you can't do that. And, you know, you got to play hard to get 
and you can't come on too strong and you can't let you can't let someone know how you feel. So you got to be coy. You got to be mysterious. Right. You got to always leave some mystery. You know, a man can never know that you are really into him. Oh, my God, he'd have all the power. So you can't let on even if you feel that way. You got to act like, well, you know, you got to make him chase you. You got to. In other words, these dating coaches are teaching you how to play the game. And if you want to be in a gamey relationship, then listen to it. But this relationship coach, that drives me insane. Because I know that we don't want to be in relationships that are characterized by games and manipulation and half-truths and all that other kind of shit. Everybody wants to be in an authentic, real, open-hearted, intimate relationship. So I'm just like, well then, why don't we date that way? Because that will chase away the game players and it will attract the people that actually want something authentic. So in, in the dating world, you're either going to find a coach that's going to help you play the game better, or you're going to talk to someone like me who challenges the game altogether. I call into question the entire game. And I'm right because the games don't work. Look at relationships in the world. Look at the divorce rate. Look at the number of couples that are actually happy that aren't divorced. The conventional wisdom doesn't work. That's what I'm just here to tell you. All right. Now, uh, very quickly, Hollywood drives me nuts. My wife and I, we love to watch, you know, Netflix and these series and movies and, you know, and we, we just love doing that together. It's one of our things we do together. And all the time in these movies, of course, it's drama, right? There's there's drama. That's what makes it fun to watch it, right? If If there was never a problem, if there was never a conflict, it would be boring, right? So there's always drama on TV. and But as I'm watching it, this couple is having a problem in their relationship. And I know from other scenes in the movie, you're not telling each other the truth, right? So sometimes watching a movie, my wife is a therapist and I'm a coach, watching a movie with us is kind of a pain in the ass because we're yelling at the TV, like, just tell them what you're feeling, you can end the problem if you just open up and you just express what you want or you say what you're feeling. Oh, my God. Don't do that. Don't, you know, see what I'm saying? So my rant with Hollywood is they keep making these movies where everybody's behaving so unconsciously. And yes, I guess it's fun to watch on TV, but I think it just reinforces patterns of behavior that just backfire and don't work. So I kind of wish Hollywood might experiment with some healthier dynamics in some of their movies. Nah, maybe they'd be boring and nobody would watch them, but I'd like to see it tried. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, some podcasts. Okay. I, I almost don't want to bring these podcasts up because I don't want to draw attention to them. But in case you hear of them, and God forbid you actually have listened to them. I just want to let you know there are like a couple of podcasts that I just feel like these podcasts I have such a problem with that it makes me wish we didn't have free speech. <laughs> it's like make it illegal for this podcast called Fresh and Fit to exist. Okay? The Fresh and Fit podcast. Oh my God. This guy, Myron, is in charge of it, 
And it's really geared toward the 20-something hookup kind of culture. But the guys who run this podcast are the most insecure, misogynistic, women haters, incels that you can ever imagine. Their advice in relationships is back in the 1950s. They want women to submit. They want to be able to control where a woman goes and what she says and how she dresses because they're unbelievably insecure and they actually hate women. You, if you listen to an episode, you will, you will see how much they criticize women. They make fun of women and they have the women on the show. So this is like a group dynamic. It's, it's done by, by video and by audio. And so you can see the room is filled with 20-something beautiful women that are dressed to kill, okay, because they're in the same mindset. You know, they're in that, I'm young, I'm hot, I'm going to show my boobs and get on a podcast. So in a sense, they're not victims. They deserve to get abused because they're walking into an arena where these guys abuse women, verbally, of course. It's like... If I get in the ring with Mike Tyson, can I complain about him punching me in the face? No, that's what Mike Tyson does. <laughs> Mike Tyson hits people in the face. So, uh, Roy, if you go in the ring, don't complain, right? So I don't, these women are not victims. They get on a podcast like Fresh and Fit, and then these guys make fun of them. And they're sarcastic, and they're mean, and they're nasty, right? So that podcast is disgusting. Another one just like it is called the Whatever Podcast, which is a great name, right? Because I wish people thought whatever when it comes to these podcasts. But they're they're the same. The, these are guys that want to be – they're Andrew Tate wannabes. They're wanting to be this big, strong guy that's got money and now I can get some young woman and I can basically control her and dominate and she has to be my bitch and do everything I say because I'm so – insecure and frail on the inside. Okay. So fresh and fit and whatever are podcasts that I wish didn't exist, but they do, but I'm warning you about them. Now, a word about some of my clients. I want to rant on what happens with some clients. And I do this for a purpose because maybe you're going to work with me and I hope you do. And I'm kind of wanting to get this out there for you to think about. I get people who work with me who want to hire a coach, and then when I actually give them feedback on how they're sabotaging themselves and their love lives, they dismiss it and they don't want to hear it. <laughs> Can you believe it? You hire a coach to help you figure out why is your love life not working, and then I talk to you and get to know you and I can see it. I mean, I can see the attitudes, I can see the beliefs, I can see the personas, I can see the dynamics about why you're sabotaging yourself, and then I give you that feedback. Have you looked at this? Have you thought about this attitude that you have? Have you looked at this belief? No, that's not, no, that's not it. That's not it. No, no, no. It's this or it's that, but no, Roy, no. So it's not uncommon for me to work with a client, and everything I offer them, I get pushback on. They have no curiosity that maybe, maybe they've paid me for exactly this, to learn something that they really don't want to face, that they might be embarrassed to have to deal with, which is fine. 
You can reject my feedback all you want and just stay in the relationships that you're in, stay in the patterns that you're in, okay? But I'm just ranting right here. It drives me insane to work with a client and to, and to offer feedback and to point things out and they just say, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. All right, what are we doing here? And sometimes I, I have to fire a client. I'm like, there's no point in this. You, you, don't, you don't really want a coach. You just want someone to agree with you that it's everybody else's fault. Your parents, you know, your genetics, your whatever it is. All right? So if you're ever going to think about hiring me, I would hope you'll be in a space where you actually do want to be curious about what you're missing about yourself and maybe getting some feedback from your coach. Like maybe you actually want to be coachable. <laughs> okay? But that happens. Now, I'm going to rant on myself right now. I'm going to give you three things. First of all, Roy, what's the deal with no guests? You don't have any guests on your podcast. Talk about being narcissistic and I'll own it. <laughs> I will. I rarely have a guest. Now, there's a reason. The reason is, is it's very rare that I can find a coach that really stands for what I stand for. I mean, there's a lot of other places in the world for people to give their nonsense out. You can go to YouTube, you can go to other podcasts, you can go anywhere you want. You want to spread your garbage there? Fine. But you're not going to put that garbage on my channel. Uh-uh. Right? So it's difficult for me to find people that I really vet them enough and I've learned enough about them to know that we are simpatico, baby. We are really on the same page. Okay? Really on the same page. Therefore, I want to expose you to my audience. Because right there, I was afraid of exposing you to the Fresh and Fit podcast for fear that somebody might go listen to one of their episodes. Ugh, yuck. Right? So I don't, I would never have those guys on my podcast, even if I wanted to debate them. I, I, I wouldn't want to expose you to their nonsense and their women hatred. You follow me? So I don't have people on this podcast unless I know that they're really in alignment with me. Now, there are some coaches who are in alignment with me. Aren't they sort of my competition? <laughs> I mean, like, why would I want to tell you, here's another person that does what I do, and maybe you should work with them? No, I'm sorry. This is my podcast, and I want you to work with me. I don't want my podcast to advertise someone else and potentially take business away from me. Now, you could say, Roy, that's a scarcity mentality. Uh, perhaps. Um, it's just a bad business model, <laughs> I think. So um, that's, why I, that's why I don't have guests. And if I do, they're usually not in my business, but they are very much into conscious relationships and conscious living. And you can find, I, I have had a few people on here uh, where I've interviewed them. And then sometimes I'll just play stuff from Michael Singer. Um, because me and Michael Singer are two peas in a pod, but he doesn't coach anybody. You know, he's not at all. Okay. Um, the second thing is I listen to all of my podcasts the day they come out. I listen to them also. And man, I say, follow me a lot. You follow me? You follow me? Yeah. You follow me? Blah, 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 blah. You follow me? <laughs> okay. So what is it with that, Roy? Uh, and then. 
Lastly, I do repeat myself a lot. I do say the same thing over and over within a podcast. I can go on and on repeating myself on something. I own that. I, I do. I, I don't even know if I even apologize for it because I've heard a bunch of other spiritual teachers that do the same thing. And I think they believe that some things people need to hear over and over and over again before it really sinks in. I know that's how it is for me, that I need to hear something a lot before it starts to really make sense to me. And so you can listen to a guy like Michael Singer, go to his website, listen to his talks, every one of his talks, other than the first five minutes, the last 40 minutes of every one of his talks are almost exactly identical. And he's been doing it for 50 years. He still feels like, nope, I still need to say this because people still are not getting it. <laughs> okay. So there's a reason why I repeat myself um, is because I don't know if we're getting it. I don't know if our consciousness is being transformed. And that's not a criticism because I've been listening to this kind of stuff because I have teachers in my life. I listen to podcasts for my own evolution. And I keep listening to I keep listening to Michael Sanger, right? Why? Because I'm not getting it. I don't live the way he talks, you know, all the time. So until I master it, I I guess I still need to hear it. And that's how I feel about you. Until you've mastered it, you must still need to hear it. Okay. Now, lastly, if I've not ranted on you yet, I'm going to get you right now. <laughs> so here's my blanket. If I've missed anyone, you're not getting away unscathed. Here's my rant. Why the hell have you not contacted me yet to investigate working with me? Seriously, why not? And don't give me, oh, finances, nonsense. Your love life is very important to you. If you were to invest a couple of thousand dollars in your love life now, and that led to transforming your intimacy the rest of your life, would that not be worth it? Of course it would be. So why haven't you even called me up to have a conversation with me, to hear about my program and what I charge? Really, why do you listen to this podcast every week and think you don't need coaching? Or for some reason you think, us working together is not something that you should consider. Look, when you call me up, there's no pressure. I don't pressure any. I don't have to pressure anyone. There's no pressure. But you, you don't know what my program is. Although I did do a podcast on it about a year and a half ago. Um, but you don't know what I charge. And there's no obligation when you talk to me. So we can talk for a half an hour, 45 minutes, get to know each other. I want to hear what's going on in your life, what kind of challenges you're facing. I will describe my program to you if you want to hear it. I will tell you what it costs. And you can say, no, it's fine. You can say, let me think about it. That's fine. There's just no pressure. And the only thing I want to clarify is in this conversation, there's no actual coaching that happens, Right. We're getting to know each other. We're getting to see if, if what's happening with you in your life, if I feel like I can help you, right? But coaching happens after you pay me. I have had people call me up 
and they just want like, no, I just wanted some free coaching. I'm like, okay, I get that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And no, um, I have bills to pay like everybody else. So we will talk about that because I have a lot of feedback for this issue you brought up. Oh, I have a lot of things I want to say to you about that issue you brought up. But no, that's after you commit to working with me. And then there's an equitable exchange of energy. Your financial energy and my emotional conscious energy is given in return. So, but aside from all that, Jesus, like, why haven't you called me to talk to me? It just makes my head spin. I I can't explain it. And hopefully this little rant here will wake you up. You can reach me at Roy at coachingwithroy.com. My cell phone number, 407-687-3387. So, okay, there's end of the rant. I, I, I've trashed everybody I can think of. <laughs> I didn't trash my wife. I left her out, even though I could rant on her a little bit, you know? Couldn't every spouse rant on their, on their spouse a little bit? <laughs> I didn't rant on my son either. And, oh, I could rant on him too, right? So, um Okay, well, I hope you have found this entertaining, at least helpful at best. And I do hope to hear from you soon. And so until next week, when we jump into relationship basic training, have a great week and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.